0: who risk their lives daily to keep the rest of us safe. I'm asking you to please, next time you see a member of law enforcement, show some appreciation and thank them for their service. Now, let's start the show. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining Law Matters this morning. Our guest today, and we haven't heard from him in a while, is Hal Comfer, CEO of Global Risk Intelligence Planning. Semper Fi, my friend, how you doing?
1: Good, Sherry, great to be on. Give us How an you update.
0: Doing? What's going on with Ukraine and this this war we have going on? What's what's happening?
1: Well, there's there's a lot happening on the uh, in Ukraine uh, on the ground, but there's also a lot happening on the international front. Uh, on the ground, uh, it's back and forth in uh, Severodonetsk, uh, which is it's this town in eastern Ukraine. It's in the Donbas. Uh, it's a uh, key city for for. For Russia to say that they have taken Luhansk Oblast, which is the province there, their goal, their stated goal now, is to simply secure that Donbass region. Uh, they have scaled back dramatically. There has been <clears throat> talk that if they, do, if they seize Donbass, they could uh, potentially push the offensive onto Kiev, but they just don't have the forces to do it. And the fact that they have put so many forces just an overwhelming array of artillery, armor, uh, everything they have, and have been able to make these, at best, incremental gains. And at times, they got, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they're getting kicked back on a regular basis uh, with counteroffensives. Uh, it tells you that Russia's got a huge problem. Uh, in the south, um, uh, interestingly, the Ukrainians have actually made some pretty bu- pretty good gains um and uh, have had some successful counteroffenses uh, down in that area, uh, particularly around uh, Mykolaiv and going into the Kirshan Oblast, which is just east of Odessa. And uh, so they've actually been uh, more successful uh, in, in that area. But part of that is that Russia can't reinforce that area uh, because they're putting everything they have up into the Donbass to... Uh, to basically take those two provinces. So that that's kind of what's happening on the ground there. Um, of course, what made the news was that uh, uh, at least two Americans have been uh, taken prisoner of war by Russia. Uh, that was the, the video and pictures of them just came out today uh, that shows them. And there's a third American that might be a prisoner of war. We don't know. Uh, they were now, interestingly, they were fighting... Uh, with the Ukrainian army, and both of them had, had uh, I mean, they're essentially foreign nationals that are in the military. We do that, too, here in the U.S. We have foreign nationals that serve in our military. But, uh, um, but Russia wants to call them mercenaries, as they did more recently with two, two uh, Britons and a Moroccan citizen, and then claim as mercenaries they have no status under the Geneva Convention under the international law of war. And of course, as you saw in, in those cases, they uh, had some sort of fake little court and uh, condemned them to death. And so we're very concerned about what would happen to these American citizens. And uh, with, with Russia's rather outrageous claims on uh, on this mercenary thing, we're concerned that they might try and do the same thing with them. So that's kind of what's happening on the ground. Uh,
0: let me ask you, you have has anybody confirmed whether Putin is is undergoing cancer treatments?
1: You know that that actually has been popping up a lot. There's another video that popped up this week uh where he was giving a uh, was coming kind of an official uh ceremony and he gave a long speech <clears throat> but when you looked at him uh his leg was shaking um you know again some telltale signs of what Whoops! Sorry about that, <laughs> Jerry. That's that's me.
0: That's live radio.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Apparently, we got an alert here in Southern California. Uh, sorry about that. Um, but uh, yeah, telltale signs that uh, that he had uh, you know what looks like Parkinson's symptoms, and and there's been ongoing reports that he is being treated for some sort of uh cancer or something like that. Uh, nothing has been hard confirmed other than uh some weeks back uh there were u s intelligence sources that basically were saying yeah we we think that he's being treated for cancer um but it was nothing official it was just it was off the record source stuff
0: okay, do you think if he died that would put an end to the war on ukraine i mean you know i i'm not <laughs> gonna,
1: i'm not I'm not holding my breath on him dying um you know, I—I I mean, based on what I've seen, most others are saying, "Look, he could be—he could be undergoing treatments and stuff, and be around for two or three years." You know, um, they're not. No one's holding their breath on him uh, passing away, at least by natural causes, uh, anytime real soon. Uh, unnatural causes—that's a great deal of speculation. But,
0: <laughs> Anything um, can
1: happen. <laughs> know, yeah. Well, the—the the concern is this, and—and um, and most. Most who've looked at this will will say if if there was something that deposed him, um, the chances are you'd end up with another autocrat that would simply pop up and take his place.
0: Yeah, yeah that's you know, what I like was wondering.
1: Yeah, and and if another autocrat, and there is a there's an entrenched faction. I don't think they have a lot. I don't think they have a lot of, um, of momentum. But there is an entrenched faction that wants to do a full mobilization of Russia. And a full-on war with uh, Ukraine, and push that war beyond Ukraine. And we hear voices. Um, I think this a few days ago out of the Duma, they were kind of talking about making threats to the Baltic states, which are NATO members. Right. And uh, so that that does pop up even in even in a tightly controlled information space like they have. Uh, there's uh, there's all sorts of stuff you don't hear. You don't hear as much anti-Putin or anti-war Ukraine stuff, and and one of the reasons why is because if it ever gets out, if if they ever say it, um, they get arrested and put in prison or put in jail. Right. So that does tend to, uh, you know, the, the the other side you you hear more about publicly. The the other the stuff that's anti-war in Ukraine or anti-Putin tends to get uh, shut down very quickly.
0: What about the EU? I understand that Ukraine is on the fast track, and they might announce something on June 23rd?
1: It's it's amazing how fast this has moved. Of course, Macron was one of the four uh, heads of state that uh, sat down with, uh, to include Germany, was with that group, that uh, sat down with uh, uh, Zelensky a couple days ago. And they did a number of things, uh, not the least of which is they, they all nodded and said that, they are for uh, EU candidacy, which is the first step in being the consideration for becoming an EU member, European Union member. And, uh, and then the, the head of the EU came out, and she expressed her uh, uh, full support of uh, EU membership and this move towards candidacy with that. Not only, though, not only Ukraine, but Moldova. Which is interesting. That's that country next door, right? That you may recall early in this thing, uh, there was a map that Lukashenko and Belarus had shown of the big war plan, um, and it was a, a televised thing in front of his general staff. And in there, they had a a big arrow going up from Odessa to invade Moldova. And,
0: I remember and, that.
1: And, yeah, we're all scratching our heads going, Did he just? Did he just show a map that shows Russia invading Moldova?
0: Kind of That's their plan. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Moldova has also said they want to become EU members, and they seem to have a lot of support on that. And as you may recall, there's a uh, uh, Russian, essentially a Russian regiment. There's a couple of uh, battalions that the Russians maintain in an area called Transnistria of Moldova, uh, and uh, so. Both of these, if they got EU membership at this stage, both of these are countries that have Russian troops on their soil, uh, which is kind of an interesting uh, situation. And, of course, the other one would be Georgia has Russian troops on its soil. And Russia and Georgia has been talked about at times of potentially becoming an EU member, potentially becoming a NATO member. Um, but, uh, of course, the, the back the backstory on that is um, that it, over time, it's kind of become a pattern that if you become part of the European Union, uh, that's a, almost a stepping stone towards moving towards NATO membership, which is the military alliance. Well, if they, and, all, these, uh, all
0: these people become EU members, what is that going to do to the war effort against Russia?
1: Uh, you, you will see some streamlining, probably, in terms of uh, aid coming from across Europe. i, I got to tell you right now, that contact group that uh, is uh, working in Stuttgart, where they uh, coordinate all the military and and a lot of non-military aid, right. uh, seems to be working pretty well, and that's a U.S. basically a U.S.-led thing, from what I can tell, uh, where they've got all these different countries, not just NATO. Um, you've got and and this is kind of significant too. You've got um, New Zealand, Australia uh japan and south korea also providing aid in ukraine and i should point out that this week during the nato conference in madrid that those four nations from the pacific actually showed up at the uh, nato conference which has some of us scratching our heads about the future of nato which is are they going to have to change the name because uh, those of us who looked at the map couldn't help but notice that japan australia South Korea, and New Zealand, do not in any way touch the North Atlantic. So if this thing was to expand, which has been speculated for years, whether there might become a larger global alliance of, of some sort, um, you know, it's you, you, I, I can't rule anything out. Things have changed so fast in the last few months that uh, we might see something next year that we never would have imagined. And uh, so if they become part of the European Union, uh, it would just streamline a lot of aid going in there, and of course, right now, the the concern, or at least the belief of a lot of countries, and I think it's a is a planning assumption, is that this war, in some way, shape, or form, could go on for years, not months.
0: And well, I so hope that doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> oh, everyone does, but um, but I think everyone's kind of girding themselves towards, you know, in case big, uh, yeah, big offensive operations. make make her tell quite a bit but as far as a long-term lingering war uh this could turn into something that just they can't completely get the russians out you know and the russians will simply be there for a very long time and so there'll be a a de facto state of war uh for for quite some time and and
0: do you think uh, putin would ever say i give up you win
1: i i don't think he can just just yeah i think politically he can (laughs) well if he turned around and said that he i'm not saying he'd be signing a death warrant but politically he'd be dead in the water i don't think he has i i think you know many have said that he's he's taken a a road with no no way back yeah i think he's already signed his
0: death warrant just by doing what he did
1: uh, politically speaking, definitely, um, as far as, you know, I mean, I don't think he's going to end up like, uh, you know, Ceaușescu in Romania or something, um, but uh, but there there was some talk that, uh, that maybe there was a, you know, the, the Ukrainian military actually came out and said there's a coup underway in Russia, but it was a coup that was moving really slow. They said it would take several months. And then, of course... You know, if you're talking about if you're openly talking about a secret coup to overthrow Putin, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. So, but but there was talk that he could be moved to some sort of, uh, as they said, sanitarium, uh, uh, where he would be treated for his illness, and that that might be a politically palatable way to move Putin out. Is to say that, you know, it, basically, I think it would be to admit that he has a serious. Uh, medical problem.
0: Well, sanitarium to me means he's got something screwed up in his head, which you know seems pretty obvious. That, that,
1: <laughs> that would that would that would be the inference. But in this one, it was a health is a health implication as far as you know some place where he would go to, you know, convalesce or whatever. And then he said, and if he and if he ever reemerged from that, he would not reemerge into power. He'd be reemerged into some sort of, you know emeritus status or something at a at a dock or or something so uh but
0: will they that, have an election speculation. will they have an election if if putin's out of the picture will they have no actual election or will, will somebody just muscle their way into office the way putin did
1: well uh, elections in russia have always been kind of an interesting thing kind of like this <laughs> <Soviet> true <laughs> <theory>. that <laughs> i think they sit around and go there's a is it going, is gonna get reelected by ninety nine percent or ninety eight percent? How do we want to run it this year, you know? Um uh and and of course with Navalny uh being in prison, and that's another story where he was in prison and his lawyer went to visit him and they moved him to another prison without telling anybody. Uh, which I find kind of interesting that a little bit of twist there is it might be that Putin is is actually concerned. That somebody might try to spring Navalny. Uh, it's just pure speculation, but it was interesting that, you know, moving him to a prison like that, there's usually a reason why you'd move him to a prison, another prison, a more secure prison, and why you do it in such an unannounced manner. And it could be that, you know, in the, you know, Byzantine sort of ways that, that Moscow and Russia operates, they were concerned that maybe somebody had some plot to use Navalny. Uh, in some way, shape, or form. So he said, well, I'll just work that by moving him to another prison where they can't get a hold of him. That's just speculation. I, I have no proof of that or anything. It was just why, the question does come up, why would you move him? Uh, and why would you move him in that way? But um, but with that, they might have an election, but I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock into it.
0: So. You're not, not going to bet might. on the election? Okay.
1: I'm not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And let's just put it this way, it won't be a nail-biter on election night, so, yeah.
0: What about the, um, there's an athlete they're holding, and I'm I'm just trying to figure out what's their point of holding an athlete, the basketball player, I can't think of her name off well, the top she, of my
1: head. She, well, she, uh, she, uh, actually, if you bring it up, I can't remember her name either, but uh, yeah, she's being held, they said she had uh, some sort of cannabis oil um, in her bag, which is possible. I don't know, um, but part of this is to get leverage. You know, they they take they take hostages essentially. Uh, they take uh, Americans into some sort of custody on some charge or other, and uh, not the, the bargaining only chips. Is. It's a bargaining chip, yeah. And and what they do is they'll try and negotiate that bargaining chip for something somebody they actually want back, which you know, like a spy or something. And uh, so this is just, and by the way, this is not unique to Russia. Autocratic regimes have done this all over the world where Americans will visit their country and the next thing you know, the Americans are in custody on some sort of trumped up charge and being held. And in some cases, they actually go to court and they get sentenced for, you know, some long draconian sentence. And what they are is they're simply a bargaining chip down the line when somebody they want Either for political reasons or for uh for you know uh national security reasons on their end, they want to get a spy released or or something I want the u s to trade somebody uh back over so they'll hold them and it looks like she may have fallen into this you know this is I gotta tell you if any American is thinking about traveling to Russia right now, you to rethink they need to rethink that really hard, yeah you know so uh, you know for russia um uh, there's not a lot of due process and uh you know there's really not much to get taking someone into custody and making up stuff is is just far too easy for them to do and the incentive for them doing it is just too great it's just it's dangerous you know so i will not travel to russia
0: yeah i'm not so. going Anytime soon. Okay. <laughs> I I was watching the other day. They, they had the news on and, you know, the big parade and those beautiful buildings in Moscow. I was like, really be a shame if all those beautiful buildings got flattened. <laughs> well. I mean, you know, just yeah, just crossed my mind.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a Cold War veteran. All of that's <laughs> crossed my mind. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well i want to thank you for coming on and and bringing us up to date. i know just in the last several hours things have changed and you know i i try to keep on top of it but i i rely on you to do that
1: okay well thanks very thanks for having me on and uh uh, unfortunately i think we're going to be probably talking about this for some time to come
0: yeah i I have Uh, a feeling
1: yeah it's just uh it's not it's it's you know it, you know there was a period there where we were pretty happy when they pulled away from kiev in that northern area but it is a slog fest now and uh um we'll just have to be you know keep our eyes on it
0: okay so, well i appreciate uh, you Alan. i appreciate you getting up early to talk with us
1: <laughs> okay well thanks sherry and okay. uh, have a great weekend
0: you too take care we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a few
2: Do you have security cameras on your home and live around the 400 block of West Ohio Street? On June 1st, 2021, a murder took place and you just might have the information we need. To stay anonymous, upload your video to 88 Crime. Tienes cámaras de seguridad en tu casa? Y vives cerca de la cuadra 400 oeste de la calle Ohio? El primero de junio de 2021, se registró un homicidio y es posible que usted tenga la información necesaria para resolver este caso. Para permanecer anónimo, sube su video a la página 88crime.org. We need your help. If you have information about the murder that took place in the area of 7600 East Toronto Street on July 1st, 2021, please notify 88crime. We will protect you while you protect your neighborhood. Necesitamos su ayuda. Si tienes información sobre el homicidio que tuvo lugar en la área de 7600 Este Toronto Street, que se registró el primero de julio de 2021, llama al 88 Crime 882-7463. Juntos, podemos proteger nuestra comunidad. Were you in the area of the 4400 block of South 7th Avenue at 10 p.m. on July 23rd, 2021? If you have security cameras, you just might have a tip that will help solve the murder that took place there. To stay anonymous, use 88 Crime and upload your video. Si estabas o tienes cámaras de seguridad en la área de 4400 sur de la 7 Avenida, a las 10 de la tarde, el 23 de julio de 2021, es posible que tengas información que resuelva el homicidio que tuvo lugar ahí. Para permanecer anónimo, use la página 88crime.org y suba su video. If you live in the area of 2500 East Menor and have security camera footage, from November 30th, 2021, between 10 p.m. and 12 a.m., you might have information needed to solve a murder. Use 88Crime to upload your videos and stay anonymous. Si usted vive en la área de 2,500 Este de la Menor y tienes cámaras de seguridad del 30 de noviembre de 2021 entre las 10 de la tarde y 12 de la mañana, es posible que tengas información necesario para resolver un homicidio. Visita la página 88crime.org para subir sus videos y permanecer anónimo.
0: Every Saturday morning at 8, Law Matters live show brings you law enforcement. On our next show, we talk with General Mick McGuire, former commander of the 162nd Fighter Wing on current affairs and his vision for Arizona and our country's future. Hi, this is Sherry, asking you to support Law Matters by joining our 1030 challenge detailed on our website. We really need your support to keep the lines of communication open. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org. Thank you for staying with us. In the studio this morning, we have Gina and Phoenix. Gina is the director of Soul Survivor, Inc., and Phoenix is a survivor. And I appreciate you being here and being able to tell your story. But first, I want to start with Gina Tell us about your organization and what got you into this.
3: Um, Okay, well, thank you for having us this morning. Um, So Survivor Inc., what we do is we remove or cover the branding tattoos or any scarring that is um, left behind on the survivors of sex trafficking. Um, currently, we are in 36 cities, so we expanded out. And it's just a great thing to have because a lot of these um, victims will go into a program and they offer medical, dental, counseling, food, shelter, but they do not offer this. So um, it's a good thing to have.
0: Explain to our listeners what the branding is about because some of them who don't even believe sex trafficking has happened right.
3: um, don't understand that. A trafficker's brand for many reasons. Most of it is a manipulation, a form of control, and ownership.
0: And when they brand somebody, you're they're, you're talking tattoo
3: or a hot iron? What are you talking about? There's many about? ways, but the most um, common way is tattoos, yes.
0: And where do they tattoo people so that everybody knows that's their person?
3: Anywhere? Anywhere. I mean, we see... It. We see them everywhere on the back of their neck on their arms over their heart their legs their feet their wrists wow yeah Wow. what how do you recognize a tattoo like that um you know what for the most part if it's not what we see a lot of is unprofessional tattoos and that's that's kind of a red flag but we see a lot of money bags crowns um names faces dates hearts with money bags in them um BC see like yo daddy it's just it's tattoos that the average person would not put on themselves
0: yeah i, I wouldn't do any of that yeah so What got you started in this? What made you think this is a good idea? I want to be a part of
3: this. Well, I'm a permanent makeup artist, and I've been doing that about 12, 13 years. And uh, long story short, a new way of removing tattoos came about. And I was asked that that would be a great stream of income, learn how to do it. So I did. And it wasn't, you know, after too long of removing tattoos, I start seeing odd tattoos and weird tattoos odd men in my studio and i had questioned that and a friend of mine that's a psychologist said oh those are brandings and i said what i had no idea you're you're like i am i
0: was sitting there shocked
3: yes and so i start researching it and looking locally in phoenix in the arizona area of different organizations and they're like oh yeah they get branded And so I just opened the door and said, anyone that wants to come in, let me help you remove this. And people got word of it, and it grew and grew and grew. Then I became a nonprofit, and that's how Soul Survivor Inc. was birthed.
0: So, yeah, you're the founder. I am. And you've spread the word all over the place. Mm -hmm. Hats off to you. Thank you. Because I really appreciate that. Phoenix, tell us your story. Tell us what happened.
4: Well, um, I... Started being trafficked back in January 2016, and it was a long road for a long time. Um, But I had met Gina, I would say, what, four years ago? Mm -hmm. And I was branded personally 18 times. And so... By the same person? Yes. And so I was definitely property um, for a very long time, but I've broken free of that. And Gina had a huge part of that. Um, with the whole cover-up process and the removal process and it's been truly like healing and liberating knowing that a complete stranger actually cared even when my trafficker had kept me so isolated and removed from family friends any sort of contact outside of him and the other women so to have a, a wonderful you know person that just has a servant's heart in regards to getting these tattoos taken care of. So that way we can continue to move forward in life and not look at our bodies and be like, Oh, I'm just property. A constant
0: reminder. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I know. 18 (laughs) times. I'm why, what was the incentive behind that? What, why would somebody say, Oh, you need another tattoo, another brand. Was it always the same thing?
4: No. Um, it varied from like, Gina was saying, like money signs, dollar signs, his name everywhere, his face. I even had his face tattooed on me. It was like a big eight by five tattoo of his face on my leg. And that's actually the one that I met her with. And I was just crying because it was hard. I felt like he was watching everything that I was doing. You know, even when I was trying to leave and like heal, and it was it was a lot. So I really appreciate the fact that this is possible, you know, for women because we're brainwashed, you know.
0: You said you were with a bunch of other girls. Mm-hmm. What, living
4: in the same house? So he had five other girls. And um, I mean, some would come, some would go. So there would be more, there would be less um, over the years. But he had five other girls at the time when I first um, had met him. And uh, all of us had gotten branded, you know. no, Within the first three months of me being with him, you know, I was told to, okay, this is what you're getting. And everybody else was having tattoos done too. And so it was just like...
0: You're going along with the crowd.
4: Yeah. And then before you know it, like after so long and the control, the manipulation and the brainwashing, like he's wanting to drill it into you that you're his, you know, and like you're his property. Brainwashing. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And then too, when you think about it, these traffickers are making anywhere... On one girl a month, me thirty thousand to sixty K on average in a month. So in a year's time, that's five hundred thousand dollars on average per person, right? Yeah. And so of course you're gonna not you, but <laughs> the trafficker <laughs> is gonna, you know, try to drill it into you that you belong to him because you're now his product. Do you get any of that money?
0: Do they allow you or do you Oh not at all. So they they give you Room and board, technically, and you're their slave.
4: They would even give you room and board, but yeah, I, um, it, I, yeah. Wow. You got money for food. You got money to go get your next outfit. You got money for, you know, certain things that you would need transactionally. So they control that mm-hmm. too. And nothing else, like any of the other money, like it all went to him and what he had going on and his family and You know, and there was always a promise of like oh, one day, like your family, like your kids will be taken care of. And this is, you know, like the whole lure. The whole, but really it was just all for him, you know? No BS.
0: Yeah. Was the house like in a city environment where you're in the country environment? Because this, you know.
4: Regular neighborhoods. So, regular well, not neighborhood. regular neighborhoods. <laughs> they were really nice houses. So he had a house in Vegas and also a house in California. And so for the past, what, eight years, you know, being there, like there's normal neighbors, you know, right. like just on a regular road. Uh, it's just- And do the there. neighbors,
0: and you know, this is what boggles me in, in the Epstein case too. Do the neighbors question what's going on there? All they see are women and, you know, guys going in and out all day long?
4: Well, I'm going to be honest with you. When you see intense looking men okay. with- You know, like they look like they're criminals, like guns, 6'3", you know, swollen, like neighbors aren't going to say anything if they're hearing like rap music, seeing the foreign cars and, you know, like they're not going to go and, you know, like they don't want any problems for their family is what it is. Right. But girls are always in and out of the house and nobody's ever said anything ever. So
0: he would traffic you around. He would take you from one state to another state.
4: Yes. I've been trafficked out of every state but 10. Wow, yeah, <laughs> it's called the circuit well, is y- is that what they a formality or we the 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 term for it is cross country, okay, so yes, which is now a federal offense, you know, in regards to being yeah arizona has
0: has some really mm-hmm. intense no leniency laws, yeah, I know, On this, so you know we're we're in the <laughs> forefront. Yeah. Of trying to get everybody else to do the same thing and put a stop to this. And thank you to Leo, one of our state representatives, for pushing it through. Mm. Yeah, he's he's
3: pretty remarkable. What's the problem? The, That's so deep and wide. It is. It's so deep and wide.
0: And it, nobody wants to recognize it. There are so few people who go, oh, yeah, it's a problem. And let's do something. A lot of people go, they don't see it. They don't acknowledge it so oh that's not happening
3: well they don't understand that when they're at their child's ballet recital that the mom sitting next to them could be someone that's being trafficked right when they're in the grocery store line the lady next to her she could be trafficked and when people open their eyes and look at it that way as opposed to a girl standing on a corner in a provocative that's what they picture which could be which is true but this is also true that they are just mingled in with everyday people
0: well with the internet now you don't have that many girls standing on the corner because they can be trafficked through the internet and they don't have to go out there and get sunburned. You know, it's a whole different environment. So you've got an app. Mm-hmm. Did you develop the app or... Did you, how did you discover this app?
3: Um, you know what, it, with working with so many survivors over the years, a common thing that was always brought up is resources, you know, why didn't you leave? Or, you know, they always needed something. And, and just talking with them a couple years ago, they said, if we had some way of getting a resource because sometimes they're ready to leave or they need transportation or whatever it is, pregnancy screening or food or shelter or whatever it is that they need, they they have no idea where to go to get that. Exactly. So together with a few of the survivors a couple years ago, we start thinking about it, and then we put it into action. And um, we just launched, and we are in the first phase, which is enrolling organizations right now. And it is nationwide. And so at any time when someone needs a resource, they can pull up step.how, wherever they're at. It can be Phoenix, it can be Colorado, no matter where they're at. And there's categories of what they need, and they can find somewhere within a hundred mile radius of where they're at
0: so the the app is called step Mm -hmm. s-t-e-p correct dot how h-o-w
3: it's called step and that's that stands for survivors together elevating people the dot how is just how you get to it
0: okay yeah and if you go to that app Mm -hmm. and download it on your phone there's a there's a feature on there i really really like the quick exit
3: the quick exit Mm -hmm. tell people about that so um if a person is on the app and someone comes up behind them or they're in a dangerous situation they can click quick exit and it'll automatically go to a a different view a different view Mm -hmm. so that if you are being in a
0: situation like that your exit plan is is covered exactly so does that take the app off the phone
3: well, it doesn't. It's not really a download because it's a web app. We did that on purpose. We okay. didn't do an actual app because then it would be in on the, the phone. phone. Yes. Yeah. And so we also have instructions on how to delete history if people don't know how to do that. So it's more like a web app than it is a like mobile app, Al- although you can get it on your mobile
0: phone. So if there's any organizations out there within hearing distance that want to be listed on this app as a resource for you
3: know, getting out of a really heinous situation, mm-hmm. they can contact you. How? They can go to step.how and sign up, uh, organization sign up. It takes less than two minutes to sign up. And describe what your,
0: your, offering through that or you know you just sign up do you contact these people
3: to find out what their resources are well in in signing up they can put all that in there but yes we do contact them and talk to them and see what they're about and honestly to make sure they're legit i was going to say to vet them yes to vet them absolutely yeah because anybody could be saying oh i want that correct once the app is (laughs) filled you know with organizations and we actually go to second you know it's phase two which is distributing it um, we want to make sure that everyone on there's legit so the girls or the you know, whoever's trying to look for a resource doesn't go back into something that they're trying to get out of
0: and we're talking girls but guys are also they trafficked are. Yep. and how often do you run into that and do they get branded they
3: do okay we're working with a gentleman right now a young man 21 he's got eight eight brandings for the most part, um, we see more females than we do males, but there are definitely males.
0: How come so many brands? I mean, you'd think one's enough.
3: It's an, I mean, it's I an earned thing sometimes. They're so brainwashed to think, if I do this, this, and this, I get this. They're very brainwashed and manipulated, and it's favor. It's like as a favor.
0: Really? <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> you know, if somebody comes at me with an ink needle a needle just a needle any kind of needle, I'm gone so well it's a breakdown
3: process too you know when you're first trafficked you you have more of a mindset like you and I and then if yeah. you're beaten down yeah you don't have the same mindset that you and I have
4: did any of the other girls get out that you know of so I know of one specific person who had gotten away um and for a while, though, like I didn't know if she was alive, um, but I had found her, you know, this past, I would say, year. I was just looking online, like searching, 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 and I finally found her. I didn't contact her or anything, but I but just was know, happy to alive. know that she was alive and that she was away because just one night she just kind of disappeared. And it was scary because you never know, you know, especially. Did she Was it like
0: she snuck out or did they take her out? Oh, no. Cause that would scare me if somebody took her out
4: yeah um so our trafficker like he had beaten her and she just kind of like they went for a drive and um i don't know like i just we all the other girls and i were like really concerned you know for her um it was yeah i searched for her for two years and i finally found her and i was just like okay she's alive and she's out of the business I call
0: it a business, but you know what I mean?
4: Yeah, she has a dance studio now. She lives somewhere in California. And, Good for um, her. Yeah. Good so, for her. But her family uh, lived close, so it was easier for her family to, you know, reconnect with her and have that restoration process. And she was much older as well. Um, I mean, his girls varied from like 17 to, what, 36. So she was older. Um for the average person that's you know in the industry but yeah she got away which is really really good you know
0: you said that he beat her mm-hmm. do they provide medical care for these people do they take <laughs> them to a hospital
4: so you know. i personally have been beaten so many times over the years countless countless times and not once had they ever brought me to the hospital outside of when i had gotten pistol whipped on the track in la and he and my uh, one of the other women drove me to a hotel to check it to see, but then he saw that, oh, this is serious because whatever. And so we went to the hospital uh, with the the girl had taken me and I had 31 staples in the back of my head. So that was the only time. Otherwise he would leave you, whether you have a concussion or any of that. And you just had to like get in the shower, wash all the blood off and Death
0: chin up, normal. buttercup,
4: chin up. yeah okay you said that a girl took you to the hospital so one of the other girls that he had um she was you know there and so were
0: they worried about you guys squealing uh, that's why he
4: wouldn't take me you know like he wouldn't take me to the hospital because of you know that how that may look so he always had somebody else do something um when it comes to like picking us up from jails or picking us up from hospitals or, you know, whatever. Um, but like the majority of the time she just like dropped me off. She wouldn't come in, you know, which is fine. It's just how it is, the culture, you know, and the fear that's there because they that's jail time, you know, if I were to just start quacking, and I remember the whole time I was sitting there, and I was just saying like this, this effin' hurts, this effin' hurts. And they kept trying to ask me questions, but I was in so much pain. And yeah. by the time it was all over with, like, um, you know, she came and picked me back up, and I was back on the track in the next two days. And it's um, with staples oh, in my head. It's crazy. I
0: was going to say thirty one staples in her mm-hmm. head. And how did how did those staples come out of your head?
4: So. This was crazy. Um, I had those staples in my head for way too long. I was supposed to keep it in there for, I guess, a couple, like six weeks or something like that, six to eight weeks or something. It's been a while. Um, but yeah, and they stayed in my head for four months. <gasps> and I was in so much pain and I they were itching and I just like, I was crying and I was just like, please, like, I just want to get these out, you know, because it was really uncomfortable yeah. having metal in your head, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thankfully I got away and that really like actually projected me into my healing journey and like being connected with healthy women. And Gina, like I, you know, helped me like in regards to getting away from that and knowing that I'm still alive and having restoration in life.
0: Okay. Do you want to talk about how you got away or not? I understand if you don't.
4: Um. So I just, it just kind of clicked in my head. I had a moment of clarity. I was in Washington, DC and, um, him and the other girls had gone, they flew back to California and he had me stay back because I was doing really well out there. Um, so when he had stayed, when he had done that, he told, he, he could tell something was off. Like he could tell that I wasn't like connecting or as, you know, like whatever with him. Like I was shutting down. So he left his suitcase with me in the hotel room and he's like, are you going to make sure I get this back? And I was like, yeah, of course, just whatever to get him out of the room. So when they're on their flight, um, I changed my number immediately. I turned off all my locations. I switched hotels. I brought his suitcase up to the front hotel staff desk so that (laughs) there wasn't anything like I ran off and stole from him. Um, and yeah, I asked my mom for her blessing to come home. And I she said yeah. So I flew back to my home place. And um she said, good luck on your new adventure. And so <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, and then Gina just, I don't know. She was there for me when I didn't have anybody and like helped me in regards to, like keeping the mentality. Of like okay one step at a time you know sometimes you have to sit there sometimes you're crawling sometimes you're walking some days you're running but like just having somebody you know like that to actually cares yes. yes yes oh my gosh it's been so pivotal. you know have you thought about writing a book hmm. i don't like sharing this i am in the process okay <laughs> yeah. we won't it's a tell secret. anybody <laughs> it's a secret
0: <laughs> no i i think it's important because you know, people don't understand, and I'm sitting here learning myself, even though I've, I've, we've, how many shows have we done on sex trafficking? Mm-hmm. And I'm learning from you. And, you know, I've, I've only met one other person that was a victim, but it
3: wasn't like what you're telling me. And it's horrific. And this just touches the surface, the things that she's saying right now. I, I,
0: <laughs> it blows my mind. So, How can people get a hold of you with with your, okay, my question is, the ink thing, do you have other companies that do the same thing around the country?
3: We have affiliates. Okay. And so um, those are also vetted. And so we have affiliates, whether they're tattoo artists, estheticians, permanent makeup artists, um, you know, dermatology in that type of field. And so they're already trained, not through us, but they already have their own thing going on. Okay. Um, and then they sign up with us and we have a contract. And so basically we become like a referral
0: okay. when an
3: organization calls in and says we have a survivor. We ask them where they're located and then we send them, oops, send them to an <laughs> affiliate that's in, you know, closest to their area.
0: Okay, what does it cost to remove a tattoo or a brand?
3: Um, for the survivor, it's nothing. So we you know, cover the cost of that. And for the affiliate, whether, like I said, they're an artist or a technician or, or a removal specialist, we give them a, a book, um, a, a fee. It's not a lot, you know, but we pay for their ink and their needles. And it's uh, more of a service Supplies. to them. Yes, it's more of a, we ask them to donate their time and give back and they do and then we pay them um, a small fee but enough to cover their cost at least and we have some fantastic um, affiliates on our team
0: if okay let's say some guy broke up with his girlfriend and he had a big you know name and a heart on his arm what would it cost to cover up
3: that oh something like like that or an average person it depends that can be from what 200 to 500 dollars even more Mm -hmm okay and for removal it starts at 150 you know to 300 it depends and then it can be session after session after session with removal
0: because you can't do it all at once can you
3: uh the tattoo you probably can depending how big but the removal usually not unless it's a small tattoo
0: okay what's the difference between
3: covering it up and removing it well covering up you're actually taking let's say it's a rose that's on your leg and you're making it um, a vine with a cross or whatever you're actually putting something over that and you can't see that rose again so you're covering up that tattoo that's on the person's body so you don't see that original tattoo you're seeing the one that they created
0: so you can turn a rose into a consent anything yes okay yeah in a removal
3: there's there's nothing left to see correct we are removing the ink from the skin that sounds painful it can be <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we we numb them um you know and the the newer method that we've taken on over the last two years is a lot easier um but yeah i mean it's not painless but it's not worse than getting a tattoo so if you've gone, you know been through the process of getting a tattoo you can handle the removal 18 times yeah are they all
0: gone
4: now? I'm in the process. I I'm halfway there. Halfway <laughs> it's there. It's been a long process. Wow. But it's you know it's healing. You know it's my letting go process and having closure in those things. So like I personally prefer the cover ups because it's like a one and done. You know, whereas like the removal, like it's a process too. But it's all a process. It's all healing, and um, it all works together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah,
0: I I would probably be drinking.
4: (laughs) I I drink lots of coffee and water.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's not what I was thinking. (laughs) But like like Phoenix says, it's a whole process. So even getting there, sitting at the table or, you know, tattoo bed, it is literally this process because they've done this before, but in a different um, in a different light actually well, dark actually it's yeah. darkness so you know hearing the machine go on seeing the ink set up i mean it is literally a process of healing when they're getting these covered up or removed
0: okay i saw somebody once that had a tattoo inside their lip mm-hmm. what do you do with that but i've never one.
3: removed one inside the lip that i would think that eventually those would go away because our cells shed so much
4: and if not just draw some lines on it cover it up
3: yep (laughs) re-tattoo it we have face tattoos i mean we've done face tattoos but never Mm -hmm. inside the mouth mike tyson should visit you i have actually um reached out to him a few years ago but i didn't get a reply i would love to remove that from his face
0: yeah ooh yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but that's a part of them i suppose so okay what message do you have for girls who are listening to be proactive in maybe the signs that you miss that you now know about, mm-hmm. what do you say?
4: Um, be available, you know, in regards to if you are out and about and you see that this girl looks dehydrated, she looks like she's in an unhealthy relationship, she looks like she's just surviving, mm-hmm. you know, walk up to her, hey, may I pray for you? you know, like get her attention or, Hey, here's my phone number. Never hesitate to call me, you know, for when that girl does have that moment of clarity, she will remember, Oh, somebody this person to help me. Yes. And well, I, I will never forget what Gina did for me as okay. a stranger. How did you
0: two meet?
4: So I was, I had broken my foot and I had to sit in a program for a little bit because I couldn't work while I had a broken foot. And so I had like I the 18 tattoos and Gina um, was the removal lady that somebody introduced me to. And since then, she's just been that perfect stranger, you know, now more family over the years. But um, it was literally her kind heart, you know, when I was judged and ostracized by everybody. I remember that she never judged me and I was always unconditional with her and she never wanted something from me, but to be happy and healthy.
0: Should I ask you how you broke your foot?
4: No. No. Okay. That's <laughs> a different That's, story for a different time.
0: All right. Enough said. So, how can people get in touch with you, Gina?
3: They can either go to the website, which is soul, S O U L, Survivor, S U R V I V O R dot I N K. So, soul, survivor, dot Inc. That's the best way because the STEP um, app is on that and we always look for affiliates, volunteers, <clears throat> and obviously organizations to get on this app so we can go to phase 2 which is distributing it to those that need it.
0: Now do you have all the police department numbers on there or are those
3: outside of the what you put on your app? We do have a category for that. Okay. Um yeah, so we do have numbers, hotline stuff like that on the app.
0: Okay, is there um you should have the P3 on there, the P3 app. Yeah, take notes. What's P3? <laughs> the P3. Um, Crime Stoppers International. The P3 app, all you have to do is anonymously give them the information, they send it to the agency that can help you the most and it's an international thing it'll work in mexico it'll work in you know canada it'll work everywhere so
3: you're saying that the user that has their phone that needs help they can go to this and then they will find a resource
0: they're not finding a resource <coughs> they're, they're calling law enforcement so okay. check out the p3 yep. and yep, see I'll if that's something out. that you know and i can uh introduce you to jim Fuda, who okay and he's in i think um seattle he's someplace up in the northeast or northwest so, yeah, I think that's something that you guys could work together.
3: Me too. I but mean, the This, as far as the resources, it goes as much as uh, needing a shower. Sometimes they don't want to police. They don't want to flee. They're not ready for that. Um, they just need a pregnancy test or food or a shower or shoes mm-hmm. or socks all the way to, I need to be rescued right now. Yeah. And so there's a variety yeah. of categories it's, to help these people
0: there are phases of this you you can take somebody out of the situation and and they're not mentally there yet you you can't help them totally they have to do it on their own so yeah i totally get that and obviously we don't want people calling you but i'm glad you're writing a book i'm i'm (laughs) but don't tell she actually works
3: uh with soul network she does work with step okay and she's helping enrolling organizations she's become an advocate for a lot of the younger survivors that i see i mean they're what 15 16 17 she's been that um almost like that mama to them she's walked it she understand it and that's something i can't do yeah. i've never walked it and so uh, that's yeah why this I'm, girl i'm less than here, here she's been out of the life she has completely turned it, her life around that's awesome but yes we don't mm-hmm. want to give out her phone number <laughs> yeah, <correct.
0: laughs> and her Contact cell number now. yeah <laughs> right, exactly <laughs> okay i want to i want to thank you both for being here today you've educated me and i'm sure the listeners are probably dropping their jaws as well i want to thank hal kemfer for giving us our update on ukraine and what's going on over there and thank you john for putting our wanted ads on for the murder if you listen to those ads if you have a ringtone phone thing check it out on those dates that we gave you might have evidence that we can use and until next week i want everybody to shop local and stay safe
1: Saturday morning
0: at 8, Law Matters Live Show brings you law enforcement. On our next show, we talk with General Mick McGuire, former commander.
3: KBOI Cortero. AM 1030. The voice of Tucson. Trusted local news and talk. a Bustos
2: Media Station.
3: This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance.
2: I'm Stacey Lynn in Washington. It's a day many parents of young kids have.